Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find several speaker feeds with over 400 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Sarah. Susan. Susan. <laughs> Hi, this is Susan Compostel-Dorita. Thank you, Katie, for asking me to come and share tonight. I haven't spoken at this meeting, gosh, probably in over five years. Um, So, um, okay, numbers. So, I came into these rooms in 1983. I didn't get absent until 1999. My top weight was 250 pounds, which you'll see in the photos, and hopefully you can see I don't weigh that today. So, I'm coming up on 14 and a half years of absence and just over 100 pound weight loss. Um, I moved here from England in 1982 um, for many, many reasons, and one of them was I just thought everything would change, and I very quickly realized when I got off the plane that wherever I go, there I am, and all the rubbish that I thought I had left behind was right there with me. Um, So I had always been... Not a fat child, but definitely more solid than my other girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> definitely more solid. I wasn't somebody who ever forgot to eat a meal. I definitely lived, you know, for every single meal. Um, I'm sure you've all had a friend who I don't think I ate all day today. I just can't relate to that. Um, I've never had an issue socially, even when I was fat. always went out, always had good jobs, did well in school. None of those things affected me. Um... Always went to all girls' school. We didn't really have school dances anyway. Proms, I was never really left out of anything either way. Um, so some of that, you know, luckily I escaped. Um, always dieted. I can remember being on my first diet when I was very, very young, able to get diet pills from our family doctor before I was 10 years old, just by asking for them, saying I felt uncomfortable. And they didn't help. I always had those, if I didn't eat, I had those jiggy feelings that I didn't know what to do with. Um, and didn't know at a young age what they were about. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on the past. Obviously, I ate a lot of food to weigh 250 pounds, so I'm going to not give you a food log. Um, but anyone who's had the burden of a few extra pounds, the only thing you ever want is to be thin. And every single day, I just, that was everything. I would get up, get ready, do my thing, but what was in the center was what was I going to eat today, and how was I not going to eat this now? How was I going to be thinner? in the evening than I was in the morning. Um, There are some good pills out there. You can be thinner in the evening, trust me. Um, So I moved here in 1982. I was very fortunate. I had family friends to stay with. My life all clicked. I got my green card, my driver's license. Everything was fabulous. And um, this is a great place to diet. There is everything available. Um, You know, 24-hour-a-day supermarkets. I never knew that you could drive through and get food. I became a professional at driving with my knees and eating. Um, There's just so many things that weren't available to me before. And the more I ate, the bigger the pain got. Um, You know, a lot of things in my family, a lot of things in my childhood, but did those make me a food addict? No, I don't think they did. They were a consequence of why I ate, but they weren't to blame for me, you know, being a food addict. Um, So I came here, 
and lots of diets, lots of diet pills, some illegal things. Um, and I've lost 100 pounds, I would say, over five times. I've lost and gained. My top dress size was size 26. And that's mortifying. And back in the 80s, trust me, the designers were not making clothes that looked nice in bigger sizes. And finding outfits was really, really hard. Um, so... I came to my first OA meeting in the Valley at the Derby office, the 100 pounder meeting in 1983. I was going to Richard Simmons' gyms, and there was a girl there um, who I think still comes around because somebody once told me, a girl called Stacy, and she was an instructor there. And my cousin and I came with her to a meeting, and just, you know, I didn't know what it was. I'd, I'd never ever heard of it. I knew what Weight Watchers was, counted points, did calorie diets, but I, I'd never, I'd heard of Alcoholics Anonymous, and I wouldn't have ever dreamed that I needed to go anywhere near that kind of a word. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, that, that's the truth. I really, really didn't. Um, so I came to my first meeting. I have no idea what went on. I couldn't tell you who spoke, what they said, anything. If you've been to that room, I sat in the back. There's a, a drink machine back there. I remember there was a table, and I did my best to jump up on it because there were no chairs. That meeting used to be out the door in the 80s. It was unbelievable. Um, and I went, and I just decided I hated it. Again, I can't tell you why I hated because I don't remember anything that they said. But I felt very, very, un bottom line was I felt uncomfortable because clearly I heard some things I could relate to. But as Michael could probably tell, I'm very English. We don't talk about things. You keep your personal life to yourself. You don't go to therapy. You don't do anything. So I certainly wasn't going to sit in a room and tell everybody my stuff. It just wasn't going to happen. Um, so I went away and... A seed had been planted. The 12 steps kept on coming into my life. Probably because I live in California and everybody is in a 12-step program. <laughs> uh, I kept, I kept, that's the truth. I kept on meeting people who were either in AA or this or that, and it was just exhausting. Um, so in between, I've done every single diet under the sun. I even had my mouth wired shut once and lost no weight whatsoever <laughs> because I found, as soon as I came home from this dentist who did it for me illegally in his house, and I found there was this little slot in the back. You could slip a chocolate back there. And you can, believe me, and you can drink milkshakes. And I, I know it sounds funny, but it's mortifying I did that. And I didn't lose any weight. Um, so I would go up and down, up and down. And it was always a huge ordeal in my life with my family, of everything about what I was going to weigh. Um, tried many, many a therapist. And I just kept on wanting to live in the rear view mirror, as I've heard a lot of people say in these rooms. And I didn't want to look forward or hear about my part in anything. I just wanted to tell you what this one had done to me, what that one had done to me, and don't you understand? And as you get to know more and more 12-step people in your life, no, they really don't care about that. But they can help you feel better than you are. Um, so life went on, and in 1990, I started a job in a law firm. And I think I'd been to a couple of meetings in between, and I would go to them in different areas and they ever said, does anyone need a sponsor? I would just have my hair all over my face and the answer, and I would just skip out before the end, never take any chips. Um, and I met a girl, she was a paralegal at this law firm I worked at. We used to eat lunch together a lot. And it must have been a Monday, and I must have been on a new diet. And um, one day it was just she and I eating, and she was very, she was from Texas and just had that look and very glowy and gorgeous. And she said to me, you know, there are meetings that can help you. 
And of course, I was just mortified because I'm wearing black. How can you see what I weigh? And what does she mean for people like me? And she revealed to me that she was an alcoholic. So, of course, I almost choked on whatever I was eating because I just, sorry, but I didn't think that people who looked like her were alcoholics. Um, I just had no idea. And she said to me, let me take you to a meeting. I said, oh, I've been. They don't work. And she said, really? She said, what did you do? I go, well, I went, and they all talk, and they all talk about their feelings. And, but, you know, I'm not interested in talking about that. I just need to get thin, and then I'll be okay. And so she said to me, well, let me take you to a meeting. And we went to a meeting down in Santa Monica, because I wasn't going to go in the valley where I lived. Um, and we went to a meeting, and somebody offered to sponsor me. And, of course, because this girl Annie was standing there, I had to say yes. And she had me call her in the morning, and she started asking me all these questions. And I said, look, I don't know you, and this is very personal. And I'm not comfortable talking to you. Um, so I never called her again. And, of course, you know, I ate more that day because that's what happens. The more upset I would get, the more I would eat, and the more I won't swear, but the more you know you. Um, I just didn't eat. So I did eat. I mean, I ate over this. So time goes on, and I'm more and more miserable. Ten minutes left? Oh, wow, okay. Um, so then my friend Annie, she comes around again, and she tells me that she knows of a therapist um, who's worked with people who are in 12-step programs and had a lot of success. And again, with this 12-step program stuff. And I'm, you know, so I said, fine, I'll go. It was covered on my insurance. It's fine, and I went. And I will say that this man really, really changed my life, and he really opened me up in a way. First of all, he wouldn't let me moan and groan. He listened to the little bit of family history, but then we were looking forward, and he didn't care. And he said to me, I want you to try, just try those meetings again. Just try. Don't have to talk to anyone. You don't have to like them. You don't have to make a friend. Just go and listen, and don't sit in the back. Okay, so I agreed to do it, and I sneaked forward in the rows, and I would always, you know, make how I was busy or reading something so nobody would talk to me. And I did start to listen. I started listening to the readings and all those things like you quoted before until we let go absolutely. And that always resonates for me so much because that was what I could never, ever do. Being thin just wasn't going to be enough. It wasn't going to work because I wasn't letting go absolutely. Um, so I was constantly standing at that turning point, and I kept on working with this man, Stan. And I lived my life that everything was going to happen when I was going to be thin, whether it be I wanted to jump off a mountain or go on a trip, which I didn't want to jump off a mountain. But, you know, everything was, well, when I'm thin, because everything was going to be better then. Nothing goes wrong when you're thin. That's what I thought. I mean, that's, that's the honest truth. Um, so I, over the years, it starts to come, and it kept on coming. And all of a sudden I did. I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. I got sick of myself. I got sick of Sunday night promises and Monday mornings breaking them before I even go out of the car at work. It was over with. And I just didn't have it in me anymore. And I got really scared <clears throat> that 250 pounds was now my starting point. And I don't know where that fear came from, but I'm really, really grateful that it did. Um, and I still have that fear that, you know, if I ever ate again, 250 would just be a starting point and 300 pounds is just singing its song waiting for me. You know, I was never going to weigh over 190. Well, one day I weighed 205. 150 was always a thing. Suddenly I weighed 175. 
when I had to buy a size 26 dress to go home to England for a party, I can't even tell you how mortified I was. It was just horrifying, really, really horrifying. Um, so I started coming, I started coming, and I got a sponsor. And when I was willing, I just said, just tell me what you want me to do. And I had never, ever done that before with anyone or anything. Even if therapist gave me homework, anything. You know, I'm going to decide which part of it I want to do. She told me specific times to call her. She was a 100-pounder, which at the time, you know, I needed to relate to. My sponsor has been my sponsor now for a long time. Isn't a 100-pounder. It's not about that anymore. But at the time, it was very, very important for me just to have had someone who'd walked that journey and to go through the body changes and all the stuff that happens because it is it's very different living like this at first um, and as time went on I just became willing to be willing to be willing I didn't argue I didn't say you don't understand me I just wanted to stop this merry-go-round I was really really tired of it and I really did want to live my life and I saw the biggest obstacle was me and I didn't have an issue with God I didn't have an issue with the way the 12 steps were written everything sounded nice and everybody's faces were looking prettier and I didn't mind saying hello to people and giving hugs and I started working the steps and you know I had to fully concede to my innermost self and that was the hardest part because I just didn't want to be fat and I just that was it I just always thought if the weight went away that the weight is just the tip of the iceberg um, you know those of you who I know in here who have lost a lot of weight as you know it's fantastic but then it, it begins and what comes after that is so amazing each and every day it just gets bigger and better and my food doesn't dance on my plate anymore. It's, you know, I like to eat, I like to cook, all of those things, like to host parties, but it doesn't turn me on in the way it used to. It doesn't protect me, and it doesn't cut me off from what's really, really going on, and that's because of the work that's in this book. Um, you know, now I'm at a point, you know, where I challenge myself with the steps. I go to workshops. I'm doing a year-long workshop right now in Culver City, which... It's a long day. You know, I go from Sherman Oaks to Beverly Hills to work and then to Culver City, and it's okay, though. I just love it. Um, so if you are new, you know, welcome, and you're so brave to stand up and take those trips because I, I couldn't. I don't know where else there is to go. So I, I would definitely say, you know, keep your thumb in the chair and don't go anywhere. Um, there are so many amazing people here. You know, I have the greatest friends in here who have been to weddings, babies, all kinds of things that I never ever wanted before. And I don't have to explain myself to anybody in these rooms. And that's a great thing, too. You know, my regular friends are my regular friends, and they know who I am. A lot of people don't know me fat, you know, didn't know me fat. Um... I can say anything to any of you if I'm having a hard time and you'll bring me to the steps, you'll bring me to God and you'll show me my part and that's the biggest thing that I've learned in here is to be authentic and to be truthful. You know, I've found out who I am and there's parts of me that, oh, who would ever have known that that existed? I didn't know because it was so covered up in what I thought wasn't fear, but it was, of just feeling because I wasn't, you know, I didn't know how to do that because I just mushed everything down with the food. Um, you know, no difference if somebody, like people say to me, it's just food, it's not like alcohol. I go, it is. It is. It takes you down. It may take me down and out this way in a different way, and maybe you aren't the, the funnest person at the party because, you know, being drunk is, but it really, it's a very, very miserable existence. And in here, there is so much comfort and so much love. Um, 
you know, I don't know how to do it without a sponsor because I did try. So if you are, good for you for saying that you needed sponsors. Um, because, you know, left to my own self, you know, again, 250 is just a starting point. It really, really is. Um, so I think that's all I have to say. Um, again, thank you for asking me to come and share. And that's it. Sure. So she just asked me what my abstinence was, uh, what is and what a typical day of food is. Um, this is just for me. It doesn't mean you all have to do this. Okay. I like to eat a lot of food. I weigh and measure my food. I have to. I don't take a scale to a restaurant or anything like that. Clearly, I know. But I have to stay on track. And for me, I don't eat flour and sugar because I like gallons and I like loaves. Um, I don't, you know, I, I don't like a slice in one little cup. So that's always, for me, been my absence, no flour, no sugar. Um, there were certain times when I couldn't eat certain fruits because I, d I just didn't want to have to weigh them. And I don't mean an apple. I mean things that are just individual, little things, you know. So that has evolved, and I'm not scared of my food. So my food plan, you know, my breakfast is normally always the same, three parts of it, and that's good. I've done it with three meals and two snacks. For me, I need three meals and nothing in between. My head's too busy otherwise. When's the snack? What time? What should I have? Da, 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 da. Too much. It's just easier for me to have three meals and nothing in between. Um, so that's, and if you want more information, I can tell you. Yes. My daily, what is my daily spiritual practice? Um, when I wake up in the morning, um, I read Voices of Recovery. That's my book of choice. I read that and I read Upon Awakening. And I take sponsee calls in the morning. And then I normally have homework from my um, workshops, which I normally do over lunch times, and I do readings. So mainly in the morning, it's reading those pages and my daily reading. And then through the day, you know, it will just depend. If I'm having a bad day at work, it might be a lot of phone calls. So I try and stay connected, and I definitely chat with God during the day. She's asked me, what do I do when those voices come out and if the beast is still alive? Today, luckily, you know, just for today, it hasn't been. Um, in the beginning, I definitely had that panic of, I'll never have this again. What happens when my birthday comes? And when I started my program, my birthday was six weeks down. The first thing I told my sponsor at the time was, I will be having that on my birthday. And she said, why don't we discuss that closer to the day? We've got six weeks. And because of this, I didn't even ask that question. And that's the honest truth. And today, again, I stay with that healthy fear of 250 being the starting point. And I also know the truth, that the food isn't the solution. I just know it isn't. You look at my pictures, you can see it wasn't the solution. You can see on my face that I wasn't that happy. So, you know, I think it's phone calls, it's staying connected, it's continually doing the work. I can never get complacent can never get cocky I just can't you know because I, I know what will happen this this isn't because of me mm -hmm. I, I play this much of a part in that and that's my <coughs> excuse me my true belief so thank you, thank you.